0: this team. Let's have a hand for them. Appreciate you guys. God bless you. you know, uh, We've got a lot of folks joining us online today. It's so good to see so many also in this space. We know we got folks out that are battling COVID right now. If you're out there, you just know we're praying for you, lifting you up. And I know we got some folks that are just staying home and staying safe and joining us online, whether you're there or whether you're here. We're just glad you're a part of Galilee Christian Church today uh, this is a big day. It's an important day for our church. I was telling some of our visitors, hey, this this is a day we're talking about our vision. We're looking forward to what's next as a church. And we really are celebratory about the fact that all of you are here and all of our visitors are here because you're on the ground floor of what's next in the coming years here at Galilee. We're going to be walking you through that here in just a few moments. But we've got to continue with this focus on Defining our why as a church, why do we do what we do? We we talked last week about our mission: to advance the gospel, make disciples, and serve all. Our vision goes right in hand with that. I mean, our mission is what informs us day in and day out. Our vision, of course, is what we are looking forward to. It is what is next as a part of Galilee Church. Uh, I look at our church and I celebrate, like so many of you, a hundred. And 52 years of history as a part of this church. People have been reached for the gospel for 152 years, getting to know Jesus for 152 years because of the ministry of this church. And that is worth celebrating. That is a past worth celebrating. Amen? It is. It's something we celebrate. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. He's. Faithful and he's good over 152 years. And if he tarries, he'll be faithful for 152 more. Amen. He's not done. Yes, I believe fully he's not done. So I celebrate 152 years, but I can't wait to see what he's going to do next. And I'm so glad to be a part of a church that is looking forward to To what's next. Our leadership has been, we've been working with other wise people to try to look at what's next with the Center for Church Leadership. And all of this just keeps reminding me of the faithfulness of God in what he's done to bring us to where we are today. Because I can't help but think, this happened the other day, it's still funny to me when this happens. I've been here nearly a decade at this church, nearly a decade. And the other day, like a week ago, two weeks ago, I found, I found out one family was related to the other family, and I knew both of these families really super well, but I did not know this. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. After all these years, how am I just knowing this? But here's the funny thing about that. Well, what's really funny is the, the, the first day I got here, people were like, don't talk bad about anybody because they may be related to somebody else. I didn't want to talk bad about anybody anyway, so it worked out all right for me, but if I had, I'd have been in trouble. But the funny thing is this, and the interesting thing to me, and the celebratory thing to me about this is this. Thinking about that history that's a part of those families, because both of those families have been in our church for a long time, and now they've raised kids and now grandkids in this church. Generations of Christians just in those two families alone have been raised up as a part of the ministry of this church And that is something I celebrate. And it's something I can't wait to see what's next for the families that are here again right now and for the families that are being raised up generationally in our church and and aren't here yet, but will be because the ministry of this church will reach them with the gospel. It's beautiful. This is a church, Galilee Christian Church, listen to me now. It has existed and thrived for many years because it had visions. It didn't stay stuck in the past. It didn't even stay stuck in the moment. It looked forward to what was next. Over the previous 50 years before I came here as the senior minister at Galilee, Tom Plank, my predecessor, was here for 50 years. 50 years. Full of Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, and led this church for that long season with vision and with direction. And the church thrived. And Tom said to me some years ago, he said, I just decided I wasn't going to worry about what anyone else was doing. We were just going to stay up on this hill and do what the Lord told us to do. And those are wise words. And they did exactly that. And that is exactly who we are, what we're doing. We're setting the vision. We believe that the Lord is giving to us, not to the other church down the road, not to the churches even nationally, though we learn from all of those churches, we absolutely do that. We believe we're approaching this with a path that God has set before us. So we are going to continue to stay up on this hill and do what the Lord has called us to do. I am thrilled to say that that same Holy Spirit that informed and influenced them over those many years, those 50 and the 100 that came before it or so, the 90 that came before it, I am so thrilled to say it is the same Holy Spirit that is leading us today to know where we are going and and to guide us. We've got a powerful past and a glorious future for the generation of today and the generation of the future. We want to teach them to be a church for everyone, engaged in their community, making disciples that make disciples. Just imagine it with me. Imagine this. A church that thrives for the next 150 years as it has for the first 150 years because it never lost shape, never lost sight of shaping this generation and the next. Critically, shaping this generation and the next. For this church, Galilee Christian Church, everyone has always meant everyone. When we say we want to be a church for everyone, that's what it has to mean. No matter what might try to divide us, We don't want to be known for the things that divide us. We want to be known for the things that unite us. We want to be a church that is for everyone. No matter how far away they are from God, no matter how different that they look from us or think from us, we want them to be invited in. We want them to feel welcomed and loved. And that's the kind of environment we are trying to build here. And you just look around you and you see already what the Lord is doing. To bring us back during this COVID season, to draw us back as the body of Christ, to do what he's calling us to do and to be on mission, I just get excited. It's an amazing vision to live up to. To be a church that is shaping this generation and the next. We're living in the now and we're looking forward. No matter what comes, no matter how many strains of COVID we face, no matter what kind of challenges we face in our community, in our government, in whatever it is. We are going to be a church that perseveres and comes back out of this COVID season stronger than when we went into it. I believe that, but it's going to take all of us. And it's going to take us not being or feeling overwhelmed by circumstances. That's the whole thing with circumstances. It's kind of what they try to do is overwhelm you, make you want to quit make you want to give up, make you believe that things can't be different than they are right now. But we aren't going to be a church that's led by our circumstances. We're going to be a church that's led by our faith in Jesus. And I know that if you have faith in Jesus, you believe and you know right now, he's nowhere near done. He's just getting started with this church. Unless he comes back any minute, and then, you know, we'll be complete. Praise be God. I'm good with that too. But until then... He's not done. And so I'm just reminding you of this truth. Don't let the circumstances or the things around, like this crazy COVID season that has admittedly knocked a lot of churches backwards, including ours. Yeah, we're, we're recovering. We're on the comeback trail. But so are a myriad, literally thousands of churches across the nation and many more around the world. But we will, with the Lord's help, come back and come back stronger, but we don't let our circumstances defeat us. Listen, there's a great, there's one of the minor prophets, his name is Habakkuk, and we don't spend a lot of time preaching from the book of Habakkuk, it's a relatively short uh, book, and it's kind of a funny word to say, but that's what it's called. Habakkuk, when he prophesied and when he wrote, he was in this place where he was like a lot of people today, where they are wondering, Lord, we're just out here wondering, uh, wondering why, why are things the way they are? Why are things hard? Why are things difficult? Why is this situation not happening the way I think it should for the people of God? Why are we facing this trial? But in the midst of all of that, Habakkuk spoke into it, and he basically said, no matter what happens, no matter what comes around us, God is faithful, so we will remain faithful. It's a simple message in the book of Habakkuk, but that's really at the heart of what that book is about. And as a part of that, he actually casts a vision like we're trying to do today for what God is going to do. And I just want you to hear this Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. You probably didn't know you were going to get to hear from Habakkuk today, but you do. Here's what it says. It says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets. Now, we don't have any tablets today, but we have made it plain. Make it plain on tablets so he may run. I guess we do have tablets if you have an iPad. But anyway, so he may run who reads it. Now listen to that last part. So he may run who reads it. Who's gonna be reading this vision and looking to this vision today? That's you and me. Who's gonna be the runners? That's you and me. So this is for us. Listen, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. I can tell you that in this COVID season, things have seemed slow. Things have seemed different. We felt, again, knocked down. But boy, we've not been knocked out. Praise be to God. And so now we're looking forward, Lord, where do you want us to go next? We've written this vision down, and we're going to give each of you as you walk out today a copy of this vision, so that you'll be able to have it, so that you'll be able to pray over it. In in just a little bit, I'm going to walk you through it, and then we're going to give you a copy of it as you go out. Because all of us are the runners. We are the ones that are supposed to be receiving the vision and then running after it, getting to it. Because as our Lord Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Matthew, We each have a part to play in the kingdom work. In his kingdom work, we all have to do our part. We are all runners running after what he wants. Look at this. The Lord has given each of us a share of responsibility in the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 25, 14 through 30. You might want to turn there with me because this is a long text. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version Matthew 25, 14 through 30, I'm going to read kind of quickly. It'll be on the screen too, but if you've got it in front of you, it might make it a little bit easier. I just want you to hear what Jesus is saying about the responsibility that rests on each of us as a part of his kingdom. He says, for it will be like a man, and he's taught, for what will be like a man? The kingdom of God is what he's talking about. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with him, and he made five talents more. So he was productive, right? So also he who had the two talents made two talents more, also productive, relative to what he'd been given. Right? Verse 18. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. He who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, "Master, you delivered me to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. I have multiplied what you gave me." His master said to him, "Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master." And he also, uh, and he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, "Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here." I've made two talents more again productive. His master said to him, "Well done, good and faithful servant, you have been faithful over a little, I will set you over much, enter into the joy of your master." He also had received he who had also received the one talent came forward saying, "Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, I'm gathering where you scattered no seed, so I was afraid." That's a person who is looking at their circumstances and allowing their circumstances to limit their vision. And it is exactly the kind of person that not just I, but that Jesus is telling you not to be. Don't be this kind of person. Don't allow yourself to allow fear, trepidation, not feeling good enough, whatever it is, to stop you from what the Lord's calling you to do. Listen, all three of these who had been blessed with the talents, do you notice or do you know that they all would have known that their master was, like he said, that you were a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. But some went ahead and got after it anyway. They risked in faith to do what was necessary for the Lord. And you'll see with our vision, there'll be some risk involved. We don't have any answers to everything right now. So he said, I, I was afraid. I went where you did not sow, I gather, and, you, and you gather where you have no seed. I was afraid I went and hid it in the ground. Here you have what's yours. But his master, master answered him, you wicked and slothful or lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was mine, my own, with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken from him and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is a hard word, and it's one we need to hear because it's a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call to the church, to you and me, we're the church. That status quo, that going through the motions, that doing the bare minimum, just getting by, which admittedly, let's just be honest, during COVID season, that feels like some for some folks, man, that's all we could muster. Let's just be real about that. But the time has come and is long past overdue that we get at it that we get at doing what the Lord has called us to do individually and collectively for the good of the gospel, putting aside every barrier, putting aside all of those desires that maybe some unhealthy desires that have come up during this season, That have things like wanting to kind of keep ourselves a little bit more separate. Hey, man, I like chilling in my house in my PJs and putting my feet up. That's super comfortable. But that's not me serving on the front lines where the battle is. So these are the kinds of things that are wake up calls for all of us, because we, as I hope I have established in the beginning of this message, we all have a responsibility. The vision has been laid before the runners, or is going to be, and we have to run after it. The talents have been given to those who are the servants of God, as you and me, if we call Jesus Lord, and we have to get after serving him, because here's the thing. I don't know if you feel like I do about this, but every time I drive down the road and I see one of these churches, these little old churches that are kind of falling apart, and they're shuttered, and we've got a picture of it. You've seen them. I don't know how you feel about that when you drive down the road and look at it, but I just get sad. I get sad, and every time I get concerned. Lord, don't let that be me. Don't let that be my church, our church. When I'm the watcher on the wall, don't let me stand idly by. Don't let me lose sight of mission and vision. Don't let me lose sight of reaching people because the hard truth is, if a church doesn't look like this, some of them look sort of like this, and the truth of the matter is, they're waiting for their last few members to pass away, and they know they're going to have to shutter the doors. And it's, it's a hard truth, and it's sad, and I wish it weren't so. But wishing it weren't so doesn't do a thing. The only thing that keeps us from that future is you and me doing what the Lord has called us to do. Staying off the sidelines and being out on the floor doing what God has called us to do to reach lost people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You might say, Well, Nick, we're not going to, our church is not going to end up like that anytime soon. Okay. I hope not. I pray not. But I can tell you that if we lose sight of our mission and our vision, we're a generation away from that right there. It's just the truth. You don't have to like it, but it's true. We're a generation away from that being us. And that's if, again, if we step up, though, we do our part, we trust the Lord, we believe he's faithful, and we follow him, we won't have to worry about that. And I I don't worry about it because we're surrounded by people. I get concerned, but I don't worry because I'm surrounded by people here that encourage me, that remind me, like I told you last week, not in this fight alone, I'm surrounded by a ton of people here that love Jesus, and blood, sweat, and tears have been given to this church over the generations of their life, and they are looking forward to the generations of the future. Some of them are raising up families right now, like we talked about. I don't want Jesus to come to me, and I don't want Jesus to come to you and say, cast that servant out into the darkness, because... They didn't do what they knew they were supposed to do. No, I, I want to be like I know all of you want to be. I want to hear Jesus saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Yay? You've been faithful with a little. Now come and receive your reward. That's what I want, and I want it for you because I know that's what we all desire. So let's get down to it. Uh, we, we're talking again about our why and why vision matters. We talked about our mission last week. Advance the gospel, make disciples, serve all. That informs us every day. Vision shows us where we're going. There is a biblical mandate that informs the vision I'm about to lay before you. The biblical mandate is that we are called to go and make disciples. And so you'll see that that's written all over our vision. I'll also tell you that this vision has not been arrived at uh, haphazardly. It's been arrived at through a lot of prayer through a lot of study, through a lot of consultation with wise people like the Center for Church Leadership. You're going to get to hear from their director, Tim Wallingford, next Sunday. He will be here speaking in both of our services, and you are going to be blessed by him. But he's helped to, and their group has helped us, to figure out, Lord, where do you want us to go in prayer and in direction and looking at, again, what's working? And how can we reach lost people? Because our goal is to have a church for everyone. To be for everyone. To have a church that's engaged, not just in these four walls, but out in our community. And to people that will be disciples, that make disciples. Everyone engaged. Disciples is really what our vision is about. Everyone being a disciple maker. So I'm going to walk you through our vision but I got to give you a couple more caveats and I promise I will I told you earlier some of you are visiting for the first time but I make no apologies we are super glad that you are here you are on the ground floor of something I believe is very special it is the next season of ministry here at Galilee and we'd love to have you be a part of it so make sure you hear me saying that you're invited to come you're invited to be a part of this we need you and if you're looking for a church This is a great church. Good people, faithful, loving, Christ honoring, love the Bible. But they expect you to serve, not sit on the sideline. They value your whole family, not just one generation, but every generation. If you if you want that's the kind of church that sounds like would be good for you, then this is the place for you. Look, if you need smoke machines and people telling you only what you want to hear and not teaching the Bible but giving pep talks every week, this is not your church. I love you, but that's not us, and it won't be us, at least as long as I'm here. So we wrote it down. We wrote down what we believe is going to inform these next years. I'll remind you that with any written plan, anything can change. You want to make the Lord laugh? Tell him your plans, right? We haven't done that. We haven't told the Lord what we're doing. No, we've asked him. And I believe he's all over this. And I'll also tell you that what we're going to share with you, this is not everything we're going to do over the next three years. This is just some guideposts that are going to help lead us and keep us pointing in the same direction and accomplishing what it is that the Lord wants us to accomplish. So let me get your focus on the middle part of this brochure that we're going to share with you. Yeah, the the very front thing on here, it says, we're shaping this generation and the next. That is thematically where we're going for the next three years. And we're shaping this generation and the next. Will you show them the the bigger picture there in the middle, uh, our why? So you know the verse well, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. We know we need to know, Lord, help us know where we're going. Well, we've consulted him. We've prayed with him. We've asked him and we've done all the things I've already laid before you. And I've told you already, we believe the best is yet to come. We wanna be a church for everyone that doesn't wanna put up any barriers on the gospel. And we wanna do a great job of loving everyone well. We wanna be a church with dynamic worship, thriving kids and youth ministries and a place to get involved. In many ways, we already have these things, but we wanna be sure they continue to be a critical part of who we are. We want to be a place where seniors are honored and lovingly share their faith experiences generationally. We believe that in this season, we actually have a great opportunity to reach a lot of seniors with the gospel. Because, as you well know, this is a community. I mean, when you look at all the demographics, we have a lot of young families coming into Jefferson and Jackson County, respectively. And a big reason for that, of course, is the the, the two great school systems that are in this region that are really, you know, inviting a lot of families in, making it a place where a lot of people want to be, and that's awesome. So you get a lot of young families, and that's great. We certainly have a plan to try to reach them. But I don't know if you guys know, grandparents really love their grandkids. (laughs) You knew that, huh? And so what happens is a lot of those grandparents follow the grandkids. That's why we have a lot of 55 and older developments going in here as well. So we actually have as a part of our strategy to reach out into those 55 and older communities. Because we have two types of services, our classic service at 9 and this modern service at 11, we actually believe that puts us in a great place to be able to reach generations that maybe some other, other churches would not be able to reach as well. So we have this as a part of who we are. We know who we are. That's who we are. And so we're going to be doing those things intentionally. And at the same time, we definitely want to be a family where younger Christians bring passion and excitement and leadership to see the gospel advanced. So all of that is our why. All of that gives us some direction about what we are doing. Let's talk a little bit about 2020. 22. And I'm gonna talk fast here because we're gonna give you a copy of this when you walk out so you can look at it more. But I just wanna run you through this and try to answer what I think might be the bigger questions. If you have questions afterwards, just come and talk to me or set up a meeting and let's talk. Here it is, 2022. Right now, we're in the midst of working on our staffing plan. You see it right here. Uh, you'll be able to see it in more detail when we put this in your hands. As you well know, we've just hired Brennan Touchette. Brennan and his wife are right here. Yay, Brennan and Heather, we're glad you guys are here. It's awesome. Stand up, guys, so they can see you. Uh, Our new associate discipleship minister, we are glad that you guys are here, and we welcome you and your family. We're glad you guys are here with them as well. And so we know that God is going to use him. He's going to be leading so much of our path process, which helps us to do a better job of actually making disciples and growing people along that path. Of discipleship, he's going to wear a lot of hats, but that's one of them. Uh, and so excited to be working alongside him. Uh, Steph's been doing an amazing job leading our worship. She's up here like having to sit down because she had COVID and she's like worn out. Not, she's not COVID positive right now. Don't worry. But she's she's just like worn out. And and God bless you, Steph, because we have man, you have blessed us so much. You have blessed us so much. We love you and we know God's not done with your ministry here as well, but you guys know that we've just hired Caleb, uh, who will be here with us at the very beginning of February and will be leading our worship ministry alongside Steph. She's still going to have a very, very active part to play and be a part of working with us in a lot of ways in our worship, but we're excited about that and there's a a lot of uh, other pieces to this staff issues that we want to address as we go forward to what is next. One of those things you'll see on there is our preschool director. Right now, we have a great preschool director. We've been very blessed for 20 years of leadership from Miss Gloria Martin. But Gloria let us know uh, here at the beginning of this school year that she was going to be retiring. And so as a part of that, we started thinking about and strategizing, Lord, what's next? So we know we're going to have to bring on a new preschool director. So that's a part of that. And then some of these other things, again, they're all coming together in time, and we're looking forward to the Lord leading that in the staffing. I'm going to talk more about the preschool in just a minute. The other part of this is solidifying mission and vision. Well, guess what? We're in the middle of it right now. It's what you've been sitting through last week and this week and next week is us just reminding ourselves, grounding ourselves in this and having a plan. That's what we're doing. The third thing is youth worship. And we've been so unbelievably blessed by our students that have been in here with us over the last month and a half or so. Uh, As many of you know, they had their own worship service that happened in this 11 a.m. hour on Sundays. But one of the things we knew strategically is that we were seeing those students not not necessarily identify this service or either service as their church. They just looked at this like big church and it's like punishment. They have to come <laughs> have to come in here. We didn't want that. We wanted them to feel like no, this is a place for you and we're going to get you serving and we've already done that. And we're going to help you see we need you and we've already done that. We have a strategic plan for helping them be more integrated into the overall life of our church. But rather than simply like trying to take something away from them, We've basically just gotten set up to now where they can do a lot of that dynamic worship and have a great uh, worship experience on Wednesday night that is most geared for them alongside Brian and all our other and our other volunteer leaders. So that's already up and running, and we are excited about it, and that's why strategically we're doing it this way because we know that lots of times kids were kind of adrift in that 18 years and, you know, up. They started to kind of, we started to lose them. So we're trying to do a better job of helping them feel like, no, I have a place here at Galilee. So that's that's that so far. You can show them the next page. The other part that we're planning, not just planning, we've already implemented is our area school partnership. We have two great school systems right here very near us, Jefferson City Schools and Jackson County Schools. So we have chosen and now already actively partnered with a school from each one of those school systems. We are looking to find ways that we can serve them, that we can come alongside them to let them know we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in their schools. And we believe that will pay dividends, not just because, hey, you know, it lets us do good things, which we're definitely for, but there's no doubt we want them to say that's a church that's not just in their four walls because part of their mission and vision is to be outside of these four walls. We see them actually doing what they say they're about. So we've actually already started this Uh, here late in the year. We've already started. We've met with them, and we've begun some efforts to be partners in their school. The next thing is my five, and I talked about this last week. This is our focus for 2022, the opportunity, and we expect that every Galilee member we'll find five people in their life that they know either don't know Jesus or are not actively walking with the Lord, and will pray for them. And we'll all year lift them up to the Lord, but we'll invite them to Easter at Galilee. The, the goal is, and think about this, every member of Galilee inviting five people that they've been praying for, and we're going to give you some tools in your tool belt to help you do this and you're going to hear a lot about it especially between now and Easter. We'll put tools in your hand, but imagine this, hundreds of people from here at Galilee going out and inviting five more people, praying specifically for those five more people to come and know the Lord. Imagine the harvest for the kingdom. I get I get excited. I get excited. And then again strategically The Sunday after Easter, we will be inviting back all of your five, all of your friends that joined us for a brunch to tell them about our church, to encourage them, to bless them, to let them know about what's next here at Galilee and to ask them to come and be a part of it. So we are thinking ahead. We are praying ahead. We are strategizing, Lord, what ground do you want us to take? We don't know exactly how it's all going to work. But, Lord, we believe you want us to take that ground. So here we go. Now help us, Lord. Next page. 2023, we're getting into that. Our homeschool partnership. We've already got a a large homeschool co-op that is meeting here on Mondays. You might think, oh, okay, well, that's a couple of families. That's cool. No, there's like 50 or 60 students here on a Monday every week. So we just see that as a great opportunity to partner with our homeschool families that we love and make ourselves more available to them in whatever way we can to bless them. One of the things that informed our vision, folks, is that we knew God has blessed Galilee Christian Church with some great facilities. And we wanted to put these facilities to work. Ideally, six or seven days a week, there is something going on significantly on this campus. Because the Lord has blessed us with it, why wouldn't we use it? Why wouldn't we maximize it for kingdom growth, right? So this is a part of what we are trying to do. We want to partner with those families that are, are, are trying to raise up their kids in a, in a Christian home and environment and, and reach out to them in that way. We also think there's a great opportunity to reach people that are far from God with a rec department partnership. One of the things we know is that our rec department here locally just does not have enough space. Well, we've been blessed with a gym and we have our Galilee sports field. So our goal is to be a partner for them that they can actually use these spaces and we will host their games. Okay, now I'm not gonna lie to you, there's something in it for us. The what's in it for us is we're going to actively promote, I imagine, big banners in our worship, in our, in our gym that say, hey, Galilee Christian Church meets here, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We want you to come and be a part of it. Show them a picture of, a dynamic worship service happening in here and invite them to come and be a part of it. Outside on our field, same thing. Because in those rec department games, you are getting unchurched people that are coming to our campus. And not just those families that like, well, they've got a kid that's in the rec department. No, you get mom and dad and the kids and the grandparents, right? I mean, y'all know how this goes. And they're coming to us. And then we have a chance to reach them. Beautiful. I, I, I get, again, y'all tell I'm excited. And I'm excited. I'm excited, y'all. I'm excited. I can't wait for what's next. I can't wait for what's next. In 2024, man, I told y'all we had some things on this. I was scared about y'all. I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know how to, i don't know how to have a private Christian school. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how the Lord's going to bring all that together. But we're believing that this is an opportunity to pour into families, to bless families. And so we want to be a part of that. And that kind of ties back to something that I skipped over, which is our preschool. And this is very significant. Our preschool, we really know that we have an opportunity to relaunch that because we're going to have a new leader in place. And again, Gloria's done an amazing job over the last 20 years. But we are looking to now this new season of leadership, and what do we want to do? Well, God has blessed us with an amazing space for kids in our kids' wing. So our plan is to relocate our preschool into the kids' wing. And from day one that we open that, we will have what I believe is the premier, the best preschool facility in Jackson County from day one because it's an amazing space for kids. So we're going to take advantage of it, and we're going to use it. And I just get excited thinking about how God is going to bless that and to think about how in the years to come, that could pour over into, again, a full-time private Christian school. So all of that is a part of what we want to do. Like I say, I don't have all the answers to that, and I don't have all the details figured out, not by any stretch of the imagination, but the work has already begun to figure out those things, to answer those questions, and to move this forward in a very concrete way. But pray. And listen, if you have some expertise in any of these areas, come talk to me, because I'm always open to hearing if there's some things that we may not have a great understanding of. Come and help us. Final page is this. And this is kind of collectively over 2022 and all the way through 2024. We want to, and alongside the the Center for Church Leadership, one of their directives is really focus on speaking into those issues of need that are happening in your community. And one of the ways they determine the issues of need is they do some demographic studies. They look into what are people struggling with. And, and, you know, things like broken homes, right? How can we speak better to those things that people are really going through on a day-to-day basis from the pulpit. Now I try to speak very practically. I try to give you things that you can take home with you and use, but we want to get even better at meeting those specific needs in our community because one of the things they say is that will really help those folks want to come. Because they'll say, "Well, hey, that sermon series is about X, so I want to come and hear more about that." So we're going to try to be a little more intentional about it. Speaking of preaching, we want to create create opportunity for co-preaching. So you guys know Brian LaRue, uh, our youth minister, has been here for 13-plus years. He's amazing, uh, and, and Brian's one of my best friends, and I love him so much. He's a great preacher. He's a great guy, and so we're going to create more opportunities for Brian to preach. We're going to create opportunities for Brennan to preach, and that means you get to hear less from me. Thank God, right? <laughs> I don't know. Some of y'all are celebrating. That's, that's okay. But I'm glad for it, too, because I actually think it'll, it'll, honestly, it'll make me better And it will also bless you all with hearing some other voices more frequently. So we're going to break it up a little bit. I'll I'll still be preaching predominantly, but we're going to have more opportunities to team preach. And the final piece of this is that Brian LaRue is going to also be leading that 20-something area, our 20-something in singles. Because like I said, one of the things we saw is when we would graduate our young people out, we were frequently losing them. And so our, our goal here, and they've already started this, is to work to be sure we have something going on for that age group to help them remain connected and to be able to grow in their faith here at Galilee. And so all of this is kind of the broad plan. And there's lots of details that I didn't get into and can't get into because of time. But I wanted to lay this before you so you would know here's where we're going. And when you get a copy of this, when you go out today, my prayer is, and I'm asking you, pray. Pray over this and ask God's blessing. And then you commit, if you feel led by the Lord, you commit to come and to be a part of this. Stay committed alongside us, and let's go there together. You're going to have lots of ways that we give you in the coming years to support these endeavors. So I'm asking for your help. We're praying for your help because we absolutely cannot do it without our church being on board. So I'm going to pray over this now, uh, and I'm just going to ask God's blessing over our vision, and uh, then we have something special that's going to happen here at the end of our service, and uh, once that's all done, then we will be dismissed. So let's pray together.